amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Got a lot we want to look at. We're in a great subject matter. We say that a lot because it is true. I want to remind you as well of all the, uh, as a prayer and fast time, in fact, I'm going to let this be floating around uh, in the church this morning. This is a new month uh, we're into. And we've used in the month of September. We're taking this month at a time. If you want your name on this list, don't put your name on here. Put a little dot or a star or a check mark or anything, however you want to mark it. The days that you're going to pray sometime, not all day, not hours, we're not asking none of that. I want you to commit to some prayer time every single day over these special needs. That you're going to fast some. Some can do it two or three days, one day. You may do it a half a day or whatever your habit is. If you're diabetic, we understand there's ways you can do that. We'll help you if you have question there on how you can it not interfere with you and, and your health. You certainly don't want to damage that. But I, as you get done with that, put your mark on it. Just pass it behind you, and they can let it go around till it gets in everybody's hand. Very, very important. I encourage you, if you want to see God moving in your life, these are the things you've got to do. The devil's doing everything he can to kill, steal, and destroy. Don't think he's not. All right, but you can, you can see God turn it around and move in your life. Now, do let me mention to you Bible studies on Wednesday and Friday night. While they're doing this quickly, uh, we're talking about right at the moment on how Satan gets in. We're talking about his tactics, his strategies his schemes, his plots, how he uses those that are closest to you, how he will attack you in your weak points and your strong points. Very, very important in Bible study. We go into a lot of detail. People that's in the Bible study tell you they learn a lot and they enjoy it. That is a fact. All right, so we're getting into, and sometimes it's very personal. When God addresses certain individuals, we talk about it. Your weaknesses or tensions are called to it. If you're a woman, you need to be aware there's nine major weaknesses in your spiritual walk that the devil will hit you. He hits all women in that area, and about 80% fall, have disaster or time of their life destroyed because they wasn't aware of it beforehand. Many sitting here right now is in it now. Now I'm just telling you, if you want to learn, come to Bible study. There's about 14 for men that are major, and, and we pass that around. We'll be into those areas, too. So you're going to enjoy the study. If you're a minister, uh, there's, uh, we, we had a little book. William Quarles took a book that we had done on unlawful affection and pit traps uh, for ministers, and he took it to a minister's convention, and they had about, I forgot, several hundred ministers there. I got a phone call from the state overseer of that organization, and he asked me, where did you get this material? I said, I've been in ministry 50, 40 some odd years at the time, and I've never quit, and we've spent our life working with people. I've, what I've saw others go through, plus 
what I've walked through myself, but what we were able to dig out and research, and we have available to us unlimited sources. Uh, uh, certainly there's many, many uh, areas that we can make a phone call and, and get uh, information that very few can get. That's where it come from. He said, I never read nothing like it in my life. He said, it's helped me. And he said, uh, I said, there's no copyright on this silly stuff. You put it wherever you want it. As a regret of that, my phone rings at night, crazy hours. I'm catching, talking to people constantly. And, and we're, our average phone calls is crazy at times. To get uh, In the evenings, I request that they do it that way because we try other things uh, that we have to do during the day. But I don't mean that in a regretting form in the sense of if it's helping people, then it has a purpose. If you go through things, it's for a purpose. You're not here. God did not put you here to glorify you. You're not to be glorified. He puts you here to glorify Jesus and what Jesus can do if you'll allow him to work in your life. If not, you'll be destroyed. Because God does, he's not up in heaven saying, let's make a deal. He's in heaven saying, here is the deal. He told the Israelites, listen, uh, that he went to his own. His own received him not. He said, there's one coming you will receive. And he's going to force your way in, his way in to their life. And that's his true facts. But we got a lot we want to share in Bible study. So I want to encourage you to be there. Give you a few facts. I think you would like to, you know, you can, how would you like to turn your house into a home? How many of you know, you, many persons go home at night to their, their room, their bedroom, their apartment, your trailer, uh, wherever you live, your dwelling place. You may have a house full of kids, you may have a house full of family, but you're as lonely as you can be. Many cry their self to sleep at night and wish they could die. They're flat and miserable. Honey, you're not living, you're existing. And I want you to know the devil, and that's not going to get better, it's going to get worse unless you do something about it. Happiness is a choice, and you can do it by simply using faith and acting on God's Word, and we will show you how. Guarantee it 100%. Change your life, did it? You come here to listen. You come here addicted, he free you. Three months, he did. You know what we ask you to do? Did he set you totally free? Do you enjoy life? Thank God you're free, totally free. Love Jesus, wish you could go to home right now. Try it. All right, give God a big hand for her. All right, now, God brought her here just for a current thing. I'm sure of that. So people sitting here can see. If he's done it for her, he'll do it for you. All right, but you got to listen and you got to do it. You think you know the answers to your problems. You do not. You don't even understand the meaning of the word love. We're going to prove that to you this morning. But anyhow, you can turn your house into a home. You can turn uh, your time into, instead of being a waste, it can be laying up treasures for you and bring you a fruitful life now. God will make you the head, not the tail. He'll make you the lender, not the borrower. He can bless you. I want you to know he can bring in your family that you can't reach them. He can. You think you can. You're silly. You can't do what, listen, you cannot do nothing unless God gives you the ability to do it. I want you to know he knows how. John 6, 44, verse 65, and other places, no man can come to me except my Father draw him. There's got to be conviction first. 
and you're going to have to spend time praying to get God to convict them. Not just talking to them, you got to pray. There's prayer lists going around, and if you'll study Isaiah 58, we got a handout we will give you. We're going to spend a lot of time on fasting, not this morning, but we're going to get there. And the values of what fasting will do, it helps you to correct junk that's in your life that you can't seem to defeat and you can't seem to conquer or maintain any victory over. Fasting, in fact, in the 35th Psalm as well as the 65th Psalm and other places, you chasten your soul, you humble your soul, and, and there's so many things. Isaiah 58, God had a lot to say about it. You can turn your old dead heart around to where it becomes spiritually alive unto God. And you can't wait to get to the house of God. I want to encourage you, fasting and prayer does work. All right. Now, there's many, many, many things. You can turn the place where you go to church into a family center, a healing hospital. It can be. It can be that. Or it can be a graveyard. It can be a place where miracles take place and God moves in a mighty way. We're in the last days, church. John Bolton. Anybody ever heard that name, John Bolton? How many of you know that name? Oh, yeah. Big leader in our government. Yeah. He's held great positions for years. Listen to what he said the other day. Right now, as I'm talking now, Iran calls us the big Satan. So does North Korea. All right. They both are doing everything they can to get a missile to reach the United States. They want to blow it apart. And he said, it's a matter of time. Does that encourage you? It should make you think. That's what we want you to do, is think. He talked about Hezbollah, as we've talked about it. He's talked about the Hezbollah group, and, and, and certainly in the, in the, with the Palestinians and the divisions that are there. He's talked about... Uh, many other groups, the Taliban we see are rising up again, and, and the, ve the big battles that we're having uh, there in the Middle East. It's major stuff and reasons that he was calling on and talking to Christians and churches about the importance of prayer. So, so important, very important that we get our hearts serious with God. Now, but to, to, to do some of that, there's got to be a revival in your heart. Now, in 2 Chronicles 7, 13, God said, If I shut up heaven, that there be no rain. If I send in the pestilences, and they come in, and they devour the land. He said, if pestilences are coming in and devouring the land. I don't know if you saw what all those locusts done in some of the different states. It's not, they call it Bible time uh, plagues, where it just wiped out. It's unbelievable what's happened. But we're seeing parallels and we're going to share something that's going to really wind you watch this morning we're seeing that God allowing a lot of things to happen trying to get our attention well hurricanes storms it's hit America like we've never seen and it just keeps on and keeps on and and what happened in the islands the other day and that it, it's terrible some of them nearly totally just wiped out it's unreal uh, we see tragedies hitting uh, poor I think about all the innocent women kids uh, the devil's just ran and rampant because nobody's standing in the gap praying and we got to make up a hedge. If you think that devil's you, buddy, you're crazy. You think you're going through stuff now. You ain't hurt like you will hurt unless there's a price paid and you start standing in the gap, making up the hedge so that Satan can't get to your family 
And Job chapter 1, about verse 4 through 7, uh, Job fasted and prayed for his family. They were ungodly. His wife was ungodly. But he done it alone. And God put a hedge around his family, and the devil could not get in until for a purpose only did God even remove that. But as you know, God blessed Job. But, but it, it, there's a role you and I play, and we're going to understand a lot more about it. But to have that kind of revival in your life, there's some, you've got to do some things first and get them right. Your handout will show you this. Number one in 2 Corinthians 8, 5, you've got to first give yourselves to the Lord. It just got to start there. You come to an altar in your bedroom, laying in bed at night, driving down the road in the car, wherever you're at, uh, you've got to first give yourself to the Lord. You've got to ask the Lord to come into your heart. You can pray on an altar, uh, wherever God's dealing with you. Make that commitment, 2 Corinthians 8, 5. First, he said, give yourself to the Lord. Then first, he said, in 2 Corinthians 8, 12, you've got to have a will in mind. You've got to have a will in mind. That means that you're willing to stop what you're thinking and your attitude and the road you're on, and you begin to adjust your approach. You have a will in mind. Third, he, he said, but it's called first again. There's got to be a return to your first faith found in 1 Timothy 5.12. These are pastoral epistles there for today. I want to show you something very interesting. God used, God used faith when he brought Peter to the Lord. He used the faith. In Luke chapter 5, you find the story. Peter toiled all night, said, we've not got anything's not converted yet. And he said, and you tell me to launch my boat out into the deep on the Sea of Galilee and let my nets down. We've toiled all night. Nevertheless, at thy word. And he caught so many fish, his nets began to break. Well, Jesus used that same type miracle to restore Peter and get him on the road to develop agape love. All right, when it backslid and it cursed and asked God to allow a curse come on him if he knew him, it was a cur he, when he cursed God, he said, let a curse come on me or let me, my, let me die and burn in hell. We could literally say it that way if I'm lying when he, when he said he didn't know the Lord because he was lying. What a statement. What a statement. He's walked on water, but when pressure's put on him, he didn't have nothing to stand. Why? He didn't have the love of God or the power of God working in his life so he could stand, and he fell, as you know the story. Well, Jesus then, when he's talking to Peter about his love walk, told him to go, go a-fishing. He catch, caught about the same number of fish again. He used the same miraculous miracle, first faith, was used to, that brought him in to restore him. That same faith you got it got you saved can get you victory over the devil, can get you to heaven, to get you through your problem. It don't take some kind of great big faith. It's that first faith that you got in Jesus to get it done. If you believe that, holler amen. Well, it's 1 Timothy 5, 12. Then look at it. It's a return, it's a return back to, as God said, your first works. Where do we find that? Revelation 2, 5. You have works or fruit that you are a Christian. You don't work to get saved. You have works because you are saved. There's fruit in your life. Working in your life on that behalf to prove it. Revelation 2, 5. Again, he said, first works. And then uh, 50 said, first love in Revelation 2, 14. That's that love, the only God kind of love that you never knew real love until God lets you have his. Most people lose it right off. And they went back to filial love. 
when God gives you the agape, if you'll use agape love like God said to do it, you, you agapo, you'll develop agape, all right, which is from a verb to a noun. But if not, you'll go back to one of the filio love. That's in your handout. We're going to let you read them and see a lot about it. All right, very, very important. Now, let me give you some facts you don't know. There's a huge revival going on right now while as I'm talking. Where? In the Jewish community. Uh, many of the professors, and there's many. Uh, it's amazing what God, in fact, they've even put out a brand new Bible. I've had one of them that's been, uh, been reading stuff to me out of it as I talked to him. And he said, you need to get you one of these. It's a King James Bible, and you're seeing spirit-filled Jews. Now, why am I talking about it? I want you to read about the revival in Revelation that happens in the first three and a half years of tribulation where there's that great outpouring. You know who's doing it? 144,000 Jews, 12,000 out of each tribe. Well, that revival has to start right before the rapture, or should before that could be, and we're seeing that parallel right now. I believe God's telling us we're on the verge of God doing something big, and it could be taking us home. It could be that. Don't you think it could? I've heard them tell how long it takes to assemble a temple on the Temple Mount if they needed to get that done, and some of the architects have already and they've already got two and two there anyhow, but I won't get into that, but I've heard those, those statements. But you need to realize these are daily choices. You chose to pick up the cigarette and light it. You chose to pick up the beer and drink it. You chose to commit uh, the adultery when you've done it. You chose to watch the porn. You chose to shoot the dope or, or whatever addiction you have. You chose to go to church, and you chose to lay out of church. You chose to tell a lie, make an excuse. You chose to, to tell God you love him, and you chose not to. You chose to pray, and you chose not to pray. You made the choice. Not anybody else. You did. And that's what we answer for at the judgment of God. But we're judged a lot in this life on the choices that we have made. God called it, you reap what you sow. Daily choices are so important. Keep first things first and you'll see God do great things. Now, there are several things I want to look at, and in your handout uh, that was given you, we're going to talk about agape and filial love. We'll talk about the nine ingredients that's in the God kind of love. We're going to look at that quickly. Uh, we'll get started, and I want to get started, but I want you to look in your handout. You should see there's 36 different Greek and Hebrew words that describe filial love or the God kind of love. Filial love, and here's here, people get married on filial love. And some of you women think this is going to be heaven on earth. What you're going to find out, he don't have the God kind of love in his heart. How can he show that? In fact, they, in Titus, when God said the older women or to teach the younger women to love their husbands and to love their children. And he uses a, they use a filial love there. They had to go, it's a higher, you, tra you grow in it, you develop in it. And you develop the God kind of love in you. God gives it to you, and it can only develop as you show it to others. And we're going to explain it all. But that, look at your handouts, you'll notice it. I got the Strong's numbers for you. Number 5360, filial means kindness. In 5362, it's the love you have for your wife. Isn't that funny? Yeah, we've talked about this a lot over the years. 
All right. In 5365, it's like you love money or passion. Can you imagine that love that that husband showed to you when he married you or that wife showed to you come from the same group that you love money? Oh, you love me like you love me. Well, some of them got married for money. So one love complemented the other because that's what it was for. People get married for security. They get married. They don't want to be alone. They get married for everything in the world besides the right one. Is this the right one God wants me to have? Is this one that will serve God with me? Anybody can be the right one. It's not that they couldn't. But they could if they would. You be willing and obedient. You've got to want it. And you won't want it unless you first understand what it's about. It's also the love of money, the love of possessions. As you'll see, it's right there in your handouts because I know I put it in there. 5367 is the love you have for yourself. How about that? It comes from the same group. It's under that, it, it comes out of that filial love, 5367. Then there's 5369. It's pleasure. More lovers of pleasure than lovers of God. So you're getting a love kind of like somebody's devoted to a ball game or they're excited while their team's winning, they're down when it's not. That's why in the marriage vow and in many weddings today, they don't even they don't want to hear the God God's love. In God in the marriage vow, it's for better, for worse, for richer, or poor. That's a God kind of love. But they're marrying on uh, whoever's winning. That's why. He's not treating me right, I'm not going to treat him right. But I'm afraid that's not the way the God kind of love works. That's the way that emotional love works. What's it built on? It's, a lot, it's like when people think they're emotional, they're spiritual. Let me challenge you. Have you ever got the word spiritual up and looked to see what God called it? In Galatians 6, 1, Brethren, if any of you be overtaken in a fault, that means found out, caught uncovered, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thy own self, least God will let you be tempted, so you'll learn you need to show that to somebody else. It'll be you that's getting walked on. Can I hear a big amen? I don't believe I heard a big one. Can I hear a big amen? All right. Now, God called that spiritual. Spiritual means that which is conformed to the will of God. Emotional is not necessarily spiritual, although you could get emotional, but I've seen drunks cry. Oh, yeah. I've seen a lot of deacon meetings get real spiritual, and there wasn't nobody praising God. All right, so you could get into a lot there. All right, but filio, then we got filio love here, 5368. In fact, it's 23 different ways it shows. As you'll notice it, 5368, 23 different ways. Three of them mean kiss. Three of them mean kiss. Catch that one. And he said, He that loveth his father, mother, brother, sister, daughter, wife more than me is not worthy of me. That love you're supposed to show to God is, got to, is supposed to be more demanding of you. And there ain't a person in here doing that. Not in any church. That's why they're falling apart everywhere. And that's why your families that get ripped apart. They got to see the God kind of love in that house. Uh, now, a lot of parents are not, I'll, say, I'll tell a lot of people, you think, what do you think about having kids in this generation? A lot of people ain't parental, uh, they don't have parental traits. They don't want, kids are going to get on your, they'll get on your feet but when they're little, but when they get up old enough to get around, they're going to be on your heart too, big time. And because you didn't want to fool with them when they got on your feet. I run a daycare, I saw mothers come by that didn't want to be bothered changing diapers. They wanted somebody else to do that so they could go to work and flirt. Now I'm just telling you how it is. 
We need to wake up. There's a real world here. Now, if you're going to get God's favor and God's blessing, spend some time seeking God, and he'll take care of you. I guarantee you, I didn't have a perfect marriage, but I had a marriage that was outstanding compared to what I see people going through today. I wouldn't have traded it. for. I've not seen a person in years that compared to the qualities that my wife had when I got married. She was a virgin. We dated three and a half years. Her brother sitting back there, Dr. Eisen, was the one that told that. Boy, it's hard put, put to find a virgin anywhere in this generation. Can I hear a big amen after nine or ten? That ain't nothing to brag about. That's something to feel sorry about and rip your heart out because you've had experiences that are going to scar you and feel it. Listen, and it's called, it's, that's not love at all. It's called infatuation. Hey, man, have you understand what infatuation is? Oh, yeah. Oh, it looks so lovely right now. But, boy, wait till the price comes along. Somebody got to work and take care of it and raise it. I, I got a call from the state of Georgia once. where We were uh, the uh, CEO of, an, of our organization at that time, and because we was, they would call and uh, ask you questions because they don't know how many, how big you are or anything else. But they called, and so we want your comments and your input about sex education in the school. What do you think about it? These are years ago. I said, well, we've done everything we could to stop our kids from even going to your little trip to, uh, to Erlanger Hospital for, for what they, I won't go into the terms here because I know kids in, in, in first and second grade were hearing things said to them. They had no business a school teaching it. Mom and Daddy need to be teaching that in a, per, in a normal, pure, right behavior, lifestyle like the parents saw it. Good. That's a country we're supposed to be living in. Can I hear a big amen? And I said, all the world is going to do, you're raping our kids of their innocence. Uh, what do they need to know about all this? And they're going to explore, and they're going to have scars that pastors are going to do. I'll be dealing with suicide, and we have. I've had kids wanting to commit suicide because of guilt in their life and the scars that were there, and they couldn't get past it. That's what abortion will do to you, too. Eighty percent of the women that have abortion die with breast cancer. Did you hear that? Eighty percent. wonder why. Are they too connected? Yeah, they are. We can tell you about a lot about what sin will produce. But I told you the physical things as a result of syphilis. Or we could talk about any sexual transmitted disease, and you see it all in family. I'll tell you why it's there. It's a chastening of God. God judges sin. Wherever it's committed, it's going to be judged. And the only way you can get around that is get under the blood, stay close to God, and most are not going to do it. All right, now, you're falling from grace. You fall under the curse of the broken law. So the best thing to do is listen, get your heart sold out, get dedicated to God, and you can defeat every enemy that's come at you. I never said I was perfectly clean and pure. Don't claim that. I said my wife was. Now, get that clear. I want to clear that up right now. So I'm not here throwing stones, but I know where God put me and how he's helped me in life and what he's done for me and how he can deliver, and he'll do the same for you or anybody else because it takes about that much faith. Faith of a grain of mustard seed, and there's not a person here that can't do it. What you got to realize, there's a devil wanting to come in and destroy your family and you and get you in hell. And the only way you're going to escape that is the grace of God. You better get close to him, and you better listen. All right, but listen, uh, as we look, kiss. Friendship's another one. Fond of God, 5377. 5381 is hospitality. And then we look down here like the friend for a neighbor. 
<clears throat> they all come out of that same group that you got married on. You're wondering why. Oh, I can't make the biggest mistake of my life. No, not yet. There's going to be bigger ones. You're going to make a lot of them. It's bad enough with Jesus as your pilot. But when you start this co-pilot garbage and you start, you don't even want him in your vow and you don't want to go to church and hear and especially if they're going to preach and talk to you and if he's one of these hellfire and brimstone preachers, I don't want to hear it. You're like an ostrich. You ever notice how big a brain is in an ostrich? About, this, about that big. They got a little bitty head and a little bitty brain and a big old body. And I want you to know when it's got its head in the sand, everybody can see it. All right, that's the brain of an ostrich. If you want to go along and say, that won't happen to me, or I don't want to talk about it, or I don't want to hear it, you're going to put yourself in a place where you'll want to hear. Maybe the cells are shut too, and you can't. I don't know at the time. I've had people grab me and hug me and tell me, Brother Mike, I thank God you've done what you could to, to stop me in the path I was on. I've got very violent with people at times trying to stop them. Sometimes you have to go that far. Mamas and daddies, you've got to be mama and daddy. You got to deal with your kids. It's very important. We're in the last day. It's very urgent. Then, as you look on the back side, you're going to read about all the different God kind of love. Now, they're just a brief bunch there. We'll be going a lot in detail about it, but you're going to, it should be interesting to you. We're told that we're to have love acts. 1 John 3. All right? You're not to look just to love in word, but in deed and in truth or in acts. You're to have love acts. You're to show it. You're to display it. There are people that keep love acts in their marriage, and they do it God's way like God said to do it, not ungodly ways. You'll see your marriage come strong, and you'll see your family be robust, and you'll see it grow, and you'll see good people pull it together, and they'll have God's favor in life. And I can give you a list that I've counted literally thousands, and there's not one exception. God will bless you if you do it right. He'll prosper you. Third John 2, beloved. You catch that little word, beloved? It's agapitos. Who's he writing it to? Those that have walked the God kind of love. Agapo love. Beloved. Beloved, I would. My will for you is that you prosper, that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. God's will for you. Now get this that you prosper, you accomplish successfully whatever God intended for you to be. It means, and be in health, that means you don't get sick if you're in health. I want you to know that America's in a big time problem. We didn't want the Bible in the school. We didn't want the Bible in the courtroom. I remember you couldn't have court. That, 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 that prayer wasn't said by a lot of judges and a judge would tell you why we have court, why we have 12 judges because God yet chose that number 12 out of the mouth of two or more witnesses. Let every word be established. Where we get all that from, come from God's word. You couldn't have a law degree for years uh, when you think about this. This is a fact from Yale Law College unless you understood the Ten Commandments. And I used to hear them said all the time. And always something about the Bible up over the judge's stand. And he had the balance scale showing mercy and judgment like God's supposed to do. And it's in all our judicial buildings all over Washington. God's name is put there. The Continental Congress, 
spend half the day praying and the other half think about this praising and worshiping God when they sat down to write our Constitution and only two out of the whole crowd that wasn't sold out dedicated Christians. That's insane to say we didn't have, we're not a, we are a Judeo Christian nation. Oh, I know we see religion a lot today, but there's still, it was intended, our forefathers intended for us to be a Christian nation, and there's still some on earth here. Can I hear a big amen? I don't believe I heard a big one. Can I hear a big one? All right. Here's some of the love acts. Dorcas used a needle and made aprons uh, for widows. That was a love act. She done it that way. Uh, and certainly in, in 1 Corinthians 10, we read about Cornelius, his four methods of showing his love to God. Love acts. We're going to see it in Jesus. And we'll, the, the, there's a list of them uh, in your handout. You'll see quite a few. The nine ingredients of divine love, what the God kind of love is. Uh, now, listen at it. The God kind of love is patience. Think about this. Uh, it's patience. It's long-suffering. It believes. It hopes. It endures all things. Now listen at that. It's one of them. It's in your handout. should be. It is kindness, which is love in action. Never rashly think about that or inconsistent or puffed up or proud. I'm going to believe when you read these, you're going to say, God help me. I need help. Yeah, you sure do. That's why you need to listen. It's in loving generosity. We think about our three, our four, no more. We don't even want to give to God anymore. Our nation's terrible in, in the way we're generous. Uh, not everybody, but I'm saying a nation as a whole. All right, now, but it's a love and competitiveness or, or jealousy and competitiveness and envy and jealousy. I want to remind you, it was jealousy that nailed Jesus to the cross. The religious leaders, think about it. All right. Now, as we talk about it, courteously, unselfishly, uh, good-tempered, uh, righteous, and sincerity, as you look at your handout, you're going to see every bit of that. Now, I gave you a brief, quick summary. All right. But I want to get in to where we want to pick up overcoming giants, and the real kicker is, is getting rid of self, because when you fast, God said, here's one of the qualities. Hide not your eyes from your own flesh. You got to be willing to listen. Let God. I never went on a fast that God didn't talk to me about me. He never talked to me about anybody else. I'm the one that, that he was he was discussing, and he'll talk to you about yourself. And so, being patient and and listening to God, He wants you to change, and He wants you to commit, and He wants you to walk upright with Him. Very very important. So Isaiah had a lot to say about overcoming giants so that you may have and live a very quiet and peaceable life. Now, that's what God intended for you to have. America's ripped apart. Everywhere you look, homes are ripped apart. Uh, anywhere you want to go, you, you hear more about people's troubles and problems. Oh, I can remember a time when it wasn't that way, but that's where it is now. It's there because we're at the last stages of it, church. The rapture could say, don't let anybody lie to you. No, it's all this year, you're crazy. You're insane. We're in the generation. We're in the generation that's going to see the coming of Jesus. And most Bible scholars believe we're down to the last phases of it. And they're publicly saying it now. They're not afraid to stand up and say it. We know it's so. God is uh, the, the hinder of lawlessness is the real church that is here on this earth. And we're here, but when a, when a when the salt has lost its savor, it's no good. 
God, there's no telling what's going to happen to America. God only knows. I've read what some people say. We've looked at a lot of different ideas, and I don't even want to go there. I like to be as positive as I can be, and very, very important. Now, there, there's not a person here that can't make heaven their home. All right, but now listen to me. Listen, listen to me. You've got to get yourself in gear and understand you've got to be an overcomer, and you can do it. I listened to one of the biggest drug addicts. They told what, what all he was responsible for in prison, and done his, he was done his time, and, of course, all this was behind. They couldn't go back and bring charges against him, but I heard him tell his story, and he, he's, he has a tremendous jail ministry uh, around uh, in, this, in this country. It's amazing how huge. When I listen to some of the newspaper, this is recent, interviewing him, they said, tell us, you was on meth, crack cocaine, you, they told about all the different drugs he had done, and, and, and for years of it, and should have been a dead man, they all said that, they, they said, well, wh what happened, he said, I had a grandpa that loved God, and talked to God all the time, preached to me all the time, so that's all I ever heard out of grandpa, was about how big Jesus was, and how loving he was, and how merciful he was, and he said, when I was in that solitary confinement, and, and he told, he said, I finally came to myself and I said, Jesus, I know, I know, I saw you in Grandpa, I know you're real. I, know, I don't doubt that. He said, but I, I, I know you, I'm not worth nothing, but I'm kind of one of those persons that Grandpa said you would love if he'd just reach up to you. And he said, that's all, I just need you to help me. I need, I need you to deliver me, I need help. He said, woke up the next morning, he said, gone. They said, what do you mean gone? You had to go to rehab? No. Gone. They said, you woke up a different man. He said, that's exactly right. I woke up with no side effects or nothing. Free. Free. How many of you know God can do it? I know he can. Now, God will do that for you. He'll do it for your family. I don't care how low you feel you are. Jesus will get to you if you want him. But he ain't going to force his way on nobody. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Revelation 3.20. Listen at it. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. It's a picture of Jesus knocking in the door. We use it a lot. He said, if any man will hear my voice and open the door, I'll come in and sup with him and he with me. If you'll notice it on the picture, it has no doorknob. Why? He won't open the door. He don't push his way in. No, the devil does his, but God won't his. You've got to open the door and say, I'm there. I'm on bottom. I'm there. I, I'm done. I'm done with this. I want you to come in, open the door. And he said he would do it. How many of you know he will? Oh, yes. <clears throat> Brother Mike Tingle sitting back here. He could not open his mouth. He won't mind me saying this. He couldn't open his mouth without a foul word flying, GD, all the time. He married my sister. I thought, you know, she had to be insane. I figured he took her off and drugged her or something. No, I'm having fun. I'm having fun there. <clears throat> all right, but anyhow, uh, they got two little old boys, and they're, and they're hearing all these words come out of him. And, and uh, we'd tell him, Mike, don't, you don't, I'm afraid lightning's going to hit you. Surely you can talk better. He couldn't help it. He'd tell you he couldn't. I'm, I got saved. I'm going to a Baptist church. Brother Hobart Lincolns was a pastor. Built 38 churches. One of the finest men of God. One of the finest Baptist preachers, I guess, uh, that I've known. God, gifts of the Spirit worked in his life. He had went to Brother Dake's school. 
not only he, but half the Baptist preachers that went to Brother Dake's school. When I hear some of them make statements, I say, hey, I know where most of y'all got your education. I listen at you preach. And, and I can name many of them. But he went to Brother Dake's school. He's the first one to introduce me and show me uh, how to enroll, which I did. And you got these little booklets in, but I won't get into all that. But anyhow, uh, he, he, he went to his school. But I, but I went to his church. When I first started going to his church, he walked out in the audience one day, and he said, uh, he introduced himself. I got involved in the church somewhat. Then as time went on, he said, grab me one morning, and he said, I want you to move your seat, and I want you to sit up here in this choir behind, behind my, where I'm at. And I said, okay. He said, the Lord told me you're going to be a pastor. God had told me that. But I couldn't grasp it as a kid. I passed it off. Mother and them told me that I had, it was my uh, imaginary friend, and I accepted that after a bit. But, but, uh, but I had uh, certainly, the Lord kept on working with me. I said, well, I, I feel I'm going to do, I, I said, I felt that myself. I finally admitted it. And to him, and he said, well, I want you to sit here. So I want you to, to just watch and learn. He said, I've been at it a long time. He was a very... A gifted man in many ways. I remember one Sunday night, I'm sitting there, Brother Mike was as lost as he could a Sunday morning or night, whichever it was, and I looked, the door opened in that church, and, and Mike come in the door. Mike come down the aisle. We come down the aisle, find him a seat to sit in. Brother Hobart reached back and grabbed my pants and jerked it and said, hey. He said, you see that boy just come in? I said, young man, I said, yeah. He said, he's going to get saved today. I couldn't tell him that's my brother-in-law. <laughs> We've been friends. But I watched the preacher go through the, the plan of God and covered that handkerchief. And when that altar call was given, I watched that boy walk down to the front of that church and give his heart to God. And the first thing God done was cleaned up his tongue. Amen. He took soap, went inside that mouth and scrubbed it till those words went, went away. I want you to know Jesus has tongue cleaning words. How many of you know he does? Yes, he can. Holy Ghost can do it. There's nothing God can't do, and he can do it that quick for you if you'll believe him. He can sure change it. First thing he changed in my life. Let's look at the church at Ephesus. How'd they end up? In Revelation 2, 4 through 7, they left their first love. And to, in fact, as we look at verse 4 and verse 5 of that chapter, he talked about first works too. You're going to have love, you're going to have works, you'll have fruit. If you got love, there's going to be some kind of fruit of it. Somebody said, I got you, preacher, you're trying to work your way to heaven. I am not. You're, under mis you're mistranslating the word work there. Let's look at it in Ephesians 2, 8. For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, least any man should boast. But read verse 10. Hey, maybe you know 10, come one verse. Actually, you had... Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and then listen at verse 10. For we are his workmanship. How about that? Workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which he hath before ordained that you should, your duty, your, your change, how you don't know you got the goods, you'll walk in them. You don't work to get saved. You'll have fruits of a Christian because you are. You won't be perfect, but your radio dial will change. Eventually, that ash, that, that ashtray will get cleaned up in your car. Come on now. You'll live right, talk right, act right. 
your eyes that get adjusted, you'll get your heart clean, and you'll be an overcomer, and you'll love to go to the house of God. And it's an exciting thing to serve Him. Why? Because He's answering your prayers. And it gets exciting watching what God done this week for some here. Wonderful. All right. Well, let's go to Ephesians 2. Notice this. Well, I want to, this is a church at Ephesus in the second chapter. He makes this statement, and you hath he quickened. That word quickened means made alive. You hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin. Now somebody said, well, everybody sins, you can't help but sin. Well, not all theologians agree with that. Dr. Jeffries of the big Baptist church in Dallas, Texas, uh, the one you see with the president, some, has a huge outreach and he's a doctor in theology and he said Christians don't have to sin Doc, uh, we could look at it Kevin Whitterford the Greek scholar at Temple for many many years he said Christians ain't supposed to willful practice sin John MacArthur the great preacher in, in California I took his school to I've got it a man coming here telling I said here let me let you I put it here's his book I went to his school look what he said he said, Christians don't willful practice sin. You might have used to go to honky-tonk, but now when you get saved, you won't honky-tonk no more. Oh, no, no, no. When you really get born again, and I used to think the Christian life was I had to quit this and quit that and quit this and quit that. And, and people say, well, you know, Jesus turned the water to wine. There again, here you go, here you go. Wine is translated grape juice. Isaiah 65, it's wine in the cluster. Jesus spit it out when it's fermented or sour. Sour. We talk, it's called vinegar. It's when it was fermented. Jesus said, in fact, in the Old Testament as well, you're not even to look upon it when it's fermented. It's silly to think Jesus drunk literally. It's new wine. That was grape juice, not alcohol. You've been lied to. Get the word study. Read it. Strong's Concordance will tell you. I, it's there. No, I'm afraid that wine's not okay with God. No, it's got more alcohol in it, most for the most part, than beer has. Some of it's 19 proof. Imagine that. How'd I know? Used to make it. Now, I've raised around it. So don't tell me we don't know what we're talking about. We made wine. I drunk wine. I've done all that, but I got free. Hadn't done it in 50 years. Isn't he a great God? Give him a big hand. Yes, sir. Jesus is in the change in power, but you got to want it. You got to want it. You got to want help. Thank God it feels so good to be free. I, when somebody asked me one day, said, I guess you'll be glad. You've served the Lord all your life. I said, most of it. He said, you'll be glad when it's your time to go. I said, oh, Lord, I ain't asking that. But I'll tell you, I don't know nobody I want to trade places with. I'll put it that way. Because I've done what I'm supposed to do. I've had my failures, but I got them under the blood. And God said, he's, it'll not be remembered against me anymore, and he'll do the same for you. Well, look here with me. You hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin. Where in times past you walked according to the course of this world. You, had, you, you was addicted. Demons got a hold of you. Demons can get a hold of anybody. Now notice it, according to the course of this world, according to the prince and the power of the air, these are terms for demon spirits. Demons drove you. You ever had a demon push you to do something? Let me see your hand. Liars, get your hand up. Ain't a person here that ain't had demons drive you to gossip, 
Uh, amen. To, uh, to snap back at, to retaliate. A servant of the Lord must not strive. We want to strive uh, or strike back. Uh, uh, those demons are very real. But we could talk about many others. They're there. They ain't just there to get you to commit adultery, drinking, or any kind of sin. And now, what then shall we sin? Romans 6, 1 and 2, God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? How about that one? And then in Romans 6, 14, he said, Sin shall not have dominion over you, for you're not under the law, but you're under grace. Isn't that great? Then in verse, as we back up at about verse 11 through 15, and then down at verse 19, you are the servant to whom you yield your members to obey his servant you are. Whether of obedient unto righteousness or disobedience unto death, or you become the, servant, the devil's servant. And in, Jesus said it in John 8, 34. John 8, 36, actually verse 30, he said to his disciples, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, you'll know the truth. He went on to say, you're my disciples indeed. You'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. The leaders, the Jewish leaders answered and said, We're of Abraham's seed. We're not in servant to no man. Jesus said in verse 34, Whosoever commits sin is the servant of sin, and no one that's serving sin hath eternal life abiding in him. Who said it? Jesus did. John 8, 34 through 36. Read it for yourself. And the same John that wrote John three sixteen also wrote 1 John. And notice what he says in verse 8 through 10. Whosoever commit a sin is of the devil. He said that. That means to willful practice. Willful practice. So we don't claim to be perfect, but you don't willful practice. If you was a drunk, you'll quit that. If you, if you mess up and do it, you'll ask for forgiveness. If you hadn't found that freedom in Jesus yet, then you need to get on your knees and get in there till you find it. It's called born again. And born again was not an experience one time. It's a, con a consistent word. In fact, it is a verb. As we look at it, believing is a verb. And we look at, at the word born again, think about it like this. He said in 1 Peter 1, 23, being born again, not of corruption, but of incorruption, by the word of God which liveth and abideth forever. All right, you're being transformed. Being, it's a consistency in John 3, 3, 6 through 7 and other places. Marvel not, I say unto you, you must be born again. Not was, if I say be quiet, that's now. Be still now. Be filled, that's now. There's a swarm of bees in the Bible. Well, born again is something you're supposed to be practicing on a daily basis. Paul said he died daily, and if you walk with God, you'll see that happen. Luke 9, 23, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. So here's where the blood comes in. God knows you can't live this life on your own. Nobody here can. Nobody. But if we walk in the light as he's in the light, we have fellowship one with another, 1 John 1, 7. That means you go to the house of God. You pray. Now we're aware that John said if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and truth is not in us in 1 John uh, uh, 1, 8, and 9. But if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, who is a perpetuation for all our sin. He's our lawyer to plead our case. So here's what we do. We walk in the light. When you mess up, you ask Jesus to forgive you. When you bless your food, ask for forgiveness of sin. When you lay down at night to die, God cover me. I know I need your blood. I'm, I'm 70 plus years old and I can tell you right now, I need the blood of Jesus every minute of every single day and you do too. Can I hear a big amen? amen. All right, you can do it. 
All right, now look here. All right, now, you walk according to the prince and the power of the hour. The spirit, he called it a spirit that work in the children of disobedience. There's a devil working there in them. He's practicing. He set up his abode. That's what demons come to do. So you've got to get that thing out. And we're going to talk about the power of love. It's very important. All right. Among whom also we all had our conversation. That means manner of life in times past. All right. In the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of our flesh and mind. That's where most people are living today. God said this is what the church at Ephesus was doing. Fulfilling the desires. Look at that. Look at how he said it very clearly. Fulfilling the desires of their flesh and mind and were by nature the children of wrath even as others. That's what they were. Now, let's look down at verse 22. Here's what they became. In whom ye also are built together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. What is God doing? He's cleaning you up. He's emptying you out so he can fill you with his glory and God can inhabit you and you can be a habitation of God by the Spirit of God. That's what he's got in mind. But he can't do that if you hold on to the junk of the world. It'll never happen. We've got to learn how to get rid of sin and we do it by a confessing walk, using faith. Very, very important. We're going to share a lot about that in a minute. Now, in Ephesians 2.22, notice this in your Amplified Translation. And uh, in Him, and in fellowship with one another. In Him, and in fellowship with one another. Did you catch that? Got to go to church. You yourselves also are being built up into this structure with the rest to form a fixed abode or dwelling place of God in and by through the Spirit, where God can dwell. I'll dwell in them. I'll be their God, and they'll be my people. Now, that's what the Lord had in mind for the church at Ephesus. But they left the first love. Now, you can get back to that. It's not hard to get back to that. You can do it. It's your return. All right, now, here's, here's some of the tools, and we want to look at this and talk about it. If you hadn't read about Zacharias, you ought to back up a few verses, and you'll see why God blessed him and Elizabeth like they did, but yet why the angel of the Lord, he couldn't speak till the baby was born because he didn't believe what the angel said. But yet he walked blameless. Boy, isn't that something? God blessed him, but there was a price for not believing God. God expects you to believe him. Maybe you know he can do anything. Why well, he stopped time, rolled time back. He's made gates open. He's translated uh, boats through the air. He translated Philip by the Holy Ghost about 25 miles. Think about it. He raised the dead, healed the sick, cleansed the leper. Ain't nothing God can't do. Think about it. There's nothing our God can't do. Not a thing he can't do. He can supply your need. He can supply when it doesn't look like there's no means of it. I've seen him do it so many times I couldn't count them. But look in Luke 1. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled. And fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zechariah, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son. They shall call his name John. And he's going to talk about John's ministry, if you know the story. And thou, and, and, and thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. And he shall be great in the sight of the Lord. Neither shall he, neither shall, notice this, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. 
supposed to drink milk. And you got people saying Jesus do. You think Jesus needed alcohol? How can we how can we possibly believe something like that? But we believe it because somebody got a poor translation or somebody had a thought. I'm not saying you're going to go to hell because you, uh, you took a drink two weeks ago. I'm not implying that. But I'm saying this. If you don't die without your faith in Jesus Christ, you'll make it straight to hell. You've got to have a changed heart. You can't be a practicing uh drinker or anything else and be that. Now, how do I know that? All right, they're called sins that damn the soul. What do we mean by that? There's a different kinds of sin. Yes, they are. And I'm, I won't spend just a minute. But in Galatians 5, 19, now the works of the flesh, these are manifestation of uh, manifested, which are these? Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, licentious, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, simulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresy, envy, murders, drunkenness, and revelings, and such like. As I've told you before, and I tell you again, that they that do these things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And he wrote it to the church at Galatia. If you're doing them, you're not going. Well, in Matthew 7, they were summoned to the Lord. Have we not prophesied and cast out devils? He said, depart from me, you're workers of iniquity. I never knew you. Think about that. I don't care how religious somebody may look. If they're practicing that, you don't want to die that way. Get that heart changed. Get under the blood. Learn how to pray. Ask Jesus to move in your life. Or in Romans, our brethren, 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11. Know you not or don't you know? The unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor effeminate. That's men with women-like traits. Uh, nor they abuses themselves with, with mankind. That is strictly homosexuality shall inherit the kingdom of God and such were some of you but now are you washed now are you sanctified now are you justified in the name of our Lord and by the spirit of our God the laws of the land may let you do any and all things but I want you to know they don't rule heaven and I want you to know this God's got gates in heaven 24 of them gates of pearl if you got gates they hang on a wall don't they so if he has a wall in heaven I think it's pretty smart if we have uh, one around here at times can I hear a big amen alright but, but, but listen, it's what he said. They're not going to enter. They're not, you can't inherit. You'll not inherit it, though, was the key thing. You didn't get to stay there. But we'll talk about all that later. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. Now, this is what God said. Ain't nobody he can't forgive. Ain't nobody he can't shame unless you blaspheme. And I won't cheat. That's you, most, most folks. Paul was even a blasphemer, but, but he done it ignorantly. You know better. God's a merciful God. He'll help you if you want it. But a little old religious prayer ain't going to work. Getting baptized, joining a church. Water ain't going to change. I could get baptized in every pond in the state of Georgia to where I was personal friends with every tadpole and still not be saved. Because it's the water. What, where does water save us? But, the, but it's, listen, it's not the putting away of the filthiness of the flesh, but it's the answer of a good conscience toward God. That's what water baptism is about. It, it's, it, it's, symbol, it's a symbolic thing, but it's important. But that won't change you. You've got to have the blood of Jesus Christ to change you and make you another person. How many of you know that? So, so true, so important. Well, look here. Notice carefully. Notice it. 
He shall be great in the sight of the Lord, shall drink neither, no, uh, n neither wine nor strong drink. He shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. Here's another thing about that, that that's just a fetus. Fetus is a Latin word for infant. It's an infant. And it's life in conception. The Jews had nine months to their age when they're born. All right, so they believe life begins at conception. God did too. Because the literal Greek Bible said when the baby leaped in, in, in Elizabeth's womb, it was life was nourished. God called it life. And I believe God knows a lot more about it than some so-called people are telling us today. And, and there's enough scientific proof now that many states are changing their laws. Thank God for that. Thank God for that. We don't need, we don't need that blood on our hands. It's already there, but God help our nation. We just need help. I love my country. How many of you love your country? Yes, I do. We love our enemies. We're not here trying to throw people into hell. We're trying to keep them from going there. And you don't have to go there. Jesus will change you if you'll let him. Now, catch this a little bit. And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord God, and he shall go before him in the spirit and the power that Elias had, Elijah had. Now, catch this. Why? To turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. God said he turns your heart to your children. America needs that kind of revival. Can I hear a big amen? Yes, it should. Now, listen close. Listen close. And the disobedient to the wisdom of the just. He gives you the power to be wise and walk obedient. How about that? The power of God not only will turn your heart where you love your kids when you get God's Holy Ghost working in your life, but He will also make you smarter. Yeah. I left here last night and a person had a wreck down the street. About, I don't know, around 12 o'clock, 11.30. And a person had had a, a, a wreck down the street, hit an area, then uh, felt to go over Brent's house and I went over there and a car had hit the rail out in front of a, a tree out in front of his house there now that happens pretty frequent the guy was drunk and left the car and run how'd he spend his Saturday night he spent it in some joint getting polluted what did he get a t that car tore all the pieces I don't know how bad it hurt the poor man God help him under the influence of demons I spent mine in the house of God and I was praying and studying and seeking God and I got to go home and watch what the devil had done to somebody else and pray for him. Because one time that could have been this stupid person's way. Because I've done stupid things like that. Because you follow Satan. You're a victim. We don't need to try to stomp people. We're trying to get them, let them know Jesus loves you and he'll help you if you'll come to him. But you've got to want him. He's got a plan for your life. Are you aware, listen to this, the God of heaven said this in 2 Corinthians 6, come ye out from among them, be, verse 12 on, and be ye separate. Touch not the unclean thing. Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Don't you get yoked up in business or marriage or anything else. Don't do it. And he said, I'll be a father unto you. Now, your daddy can't always provide everything you need, but God said, I can. 
He, your daddy can't always protect you, but God can. I had a man hold a gun to my head one time, going to kill me. God didn't let that happen. Or either I'm here in the spirit body. All right? Now, but listen to this. I'll be a father unto you, and you'll be my sons and daughters, said the Lord. Look at what he promised to do. There's hundreds. He'll protect you. He'll change you. He'll supply. He'll guide you. He'll see you through the hard times. Ain't nothing he can't do. But catch this. Catch this. To make ready a people prepared for the Lord. He's preparing people because Jesus is coming. And you might go by the way of the grave. That might be it. You could be here when the rapture takes place. I've had a lot of terrible dreams about a lot of people not making it. What's the qualification for the rapture? 1 Corinthians 15, 23. Christ the first fruits. They that are Christ that is coming. That's apostrophe S there. Look at what, who they that are Christ are. Found in Galatians 5, 24. They that are Christ, Jesus the same time, have crucified the flesh with the affections and the lust thereof. In other words, you're walking with Jesus. You're rapture ready. If you're under the blood, your heart's right with God, you're rapture ready. That's where you got to stay, under the blood, covered in the precious blood of the Lamb. 1 Corinthians 15, 23. They belong to Him. You're going to live right because He changed you. I'm not here trying to hurt nobody. I'm excited to see. i got a young brother here that's been coming a while. I've been watching him. get on his good side and I bet he can tell me all kinds of stuff Brent never admitted to. Well I bet Keith could tell me. Yeah. And I'll pull it out of him. You bet you. I'll soften him up. I'll get him. But he's got a good heart. I can see that. I sure can. Can you see God moving on people? It doesn't mean it's perfect. This is a spiritual hospital. I'm not, listen, I'm not going to make it to heaven on, on faith in my works. I'm making it to heaven on faith in his, what Jesus now. I got faith in him. How many of you got faith in him? He can touch your life. You want him to touch your life this morning? Let's stand. Would you do it with me? I got on a hook right here. We'll pick it up tonight. We're going to talk about. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com.